Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksicles? How are you? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your uh, attention and support. Those of you who are in, hanging out, listening to this. Chris D'Elia is on the show today. If you don't know Chris, he's a comedian who... Uh, I think I did a live one with him a while back from Montreal, but I didn't really get to know him. I think I might have got to know him a little better this time. Uh, he's on that show Undateable on NBC. Uh, season two of that show premieres next Tuesday, March 17th. Chris D'Elia, who when I met initially, when I first got back to Los Angeles, he was a... Uh, I guess, I don't know how long he's been doing it at that point, but he was this kind of weird, darty guy that used to wear a hoodie and just hang around the comedy store and not really hold eye contact very long and kind of just almost like couldn't stand still, really. I did. I never, never, I never had a good feeling about the guy. And I saw him around, I saw him around, and he started getting a little, uh, little attention on stage, and it became one of those things where it's like, all right, let's talk, let's do it. So I talked to Chris D'Elia in a little while, but I'm going to talk to you first. Let me update you on some tour information for the Mark Marin Marination Tour, if I may, if you are interested. I don't know if you know, but I will be in Rochester, New York, or outside of Rochester, New York, at the Comedy Club on March 20th and 21st, doing four shows up there, and uh, there are tickets available. So why don't, you, why don't you come on down if you're in that area? But I'm going to D.C., I'm going to Philly, I'm going to Boston, I'm going to Madison, Pittsburgh, Royal Oak, Michigan, outside of Detroit, Toronto, Austin, Houston, Dallas, Seattle, Vancouver, San Francisco, Asheville, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans for now. There's talk about adding more dates, more cities. Uh, some second shows have been added in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Just added a second show there. Seattle, uh, Boston, Toronto. There are two shows in Philly. Things are looking up. Go to WTFpod.com slash calendar for that. I got to get that thing in shape. I'm immersed in the last week of shooting my show. I'm exhausted. Uh, I, I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm just beat up. And this is my directing week. 
So I directed a bit uh, yesterday and the day before. Today I'm directing all day. Very exciting. New skills. It's tricky to direct yourself because I'm a pain in the ass and I and I don't I don't take direction well, especially not for myself ever. So I just gotta shut up, move through it. That's the weirdest thing lately about being as uncomfortable as I can be uh, in certain situations. And um, there's this part of my brain that basically says, don't even pay attention to that. Don't even pay attention to the discomfort. It's just the way it is. It's not always going to be that way. But right now, it's just the way it is. Why focus on it? Why not just shut that part off, acknowledge it, and do what you have to do. All right? It's what big surprise you're fucking uncomfortable. And that's uh, that's the way I that's the way I work. That's my work ethic. I'm uncomfortable, uh terrified sometimes, not as much as I used to be, and I'm just not going to pay attention to those things. It's going to plow ahead like a a dumb person for the right reasons. If that makes any sense. Someone plowed their fucking car into me the other day. I got rear-ended, and it's jarring. I'd forgotten that surprise. I'm always anticipating hitting something. I'm always anticipating hitting a car, hitting a person, hitting a curb, a wall, someone hitting me. But you don't oh, it's, you don't ever really remember that sound and that feeling until it happens to you. And I was just waiting to go at a green light. And the light turned green. We were starting to move. There were two cars in front of me. And just like, kaboom! And I just flew back. Shit flew off the dash. And I flew forward. And then she hit me again. Bam! I don't know how that happened. But that, that undeniable, dense crunching of metal and that thud... That and you feel completely out of control. That moment is sort of terrifying. Then it ended, and I looked behind me, and I'm, you know that with that kind of like, how the fuck did that happen? It wasn't my fault. I wasn't texting. I was sitting there, wasn't moving. So I pull over, and this woman gets out of a Mercedes SUV, an old one though, and she's like, uh, I don't know what happened. Her car is pretty fucked up. My car is all fucked up drivable but big old dent it kind of buckled the side a little bit you know like a hit the back end and buckled the side and she's you know going like i had my glasses and i'm like what what Uh, my glasses i don't know what my glasses came down and i'm like oh i don't what what is happening she goes why were you stopped and i'm like because there's a car in front of me but you know he exchanged information i'm glad nobody was hurt and I'm not one of those guys, you know, what kind of person? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess there is a type of person. I've never been the type of person like, like would immediately right when they got hit like that would immediately be like, Oh, my neck, my neck, my neck needs some money. I, I've never been that guy ever. Even when I didn't have money, I was just, uh, I was, I was always sort of wary of lawsuits for no reason. I didn't see it as an entitlement. Hey man, you should get whatever you can, no matter what. Personal morality is not important. Personal integrity is not important, man. Game the system. Take it. It's yours. But uh, 
There is something great about having a car you don't give a shit about. That is a freeing thing. I don't give a fuck. I, I was on Sunday and they haven't called me. I called the claim into her insurance company. There's no way that she can claim that it wasn't her fault. But, uh, but uh, and I'm not even mad at her, really. It's just an accident. I'm glad I'm, you know, no one's hurt, but I don't give a fuck about my car. And in my mind, I'm like, maybe I can get enough money to sort of take the money that to fix it properly and spread it around a little bit and maybe undent the whole car a little because it's all beat up from me, you know, running into walls uh, of uh, beside my driveway because I'm not paying attention. And yeah, I am proud to have a car I don't give a fuck about. And now it has character. It has character. It's scarred. It's uh, it's wounded. But you guys, you might remember uh, a while back, uh, I talked to a guy named Denny Tedesco on this show. I was back on episode 517. He's the son of Tommy Tedesco, who was a member of the Wrecking Crew. And they were a, a, a group of studio musicians that were on just about every album from you know Sinatra forward through... The Beach Boys. I mean, they were all studio musicians here in L.A. And it, they're a fascinating group of people. And at that time, Denny was attempting to make a documentary about the Wrecking Crew. And he, he was working on it for 18 years. It was a real struggle. There were a lot of issues with music rights and other you know roadblocks of this kind and that. And when I talked to Denny, he wasn't even sure if, he, if the movie was ever going to get released. It was, it, was a, it was sort of a heartbreaking conversation because this was his life's work. And he, he had some... Uh, some real problems. So he wasn't sure that it was going to happen. All right, so 1996, I start this. I like to say 17 years ago. 17 years younger and uh, 35 pounds lighter. Uh-huh. Basically, when I started in 96, Dad got sick. Right? He passes away in 97. And right after he passed, I put a, together a nice 14-minute teaser reel. I got Nancy Sinatra. I got Cher in it at this point. I got everybody going. But no one would touch this damn thing because the music. And they all said- The licensing. The licensing. They said, you got- Oh, my God. I didn't even think about no, that. No, yeah. At that point, I, you know, now the film's got 120 songs in it. And, 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 and what? 90 of them are hits. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. 98%. Exactly. Yeah. So I said to- I, So I kept going to everybody. said, you're never going to get the labels and the publishers to agree on this. It's impossible. Yeah. Well, I had to keep shooting and go on and carry on. You have to have the music. Right. You yeah. can't tell the story without it. Right. So, I, you know, you could talk about it. Well, it was going to be a shit documentary. Right. So I kept going, and no one would ever jump in. Finally, in 2006, I always talk about crossing that line where you went too far. And um, my wife thought we just made the most expensive home movie ever. Yeah. You know, it was like, in, you know. We're, How much are you into it for? Oh, at that point, a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, and now, God, I don't even, I, I cringe. Because yeah. I look at, you know, it's my house. Yeah. And, um. So we said, all right, let's make the one jump. Let's go for it. We got to get an editor, producer, slash. And so I got Claire Scanlon, who was my editor. And um, we cut this thing. Yeah. In 2008, we got into the film festivals. Yeah. Did it remarkably remarkably well. Yeah. Excuse me, easy for us, I could say. Won a lot of awards. And no, one's, no one would touch it. But I got, couldn't distribute it. But I you could show it. it. I could show it, but I paid for the you know festival use. Yeah. But we got Kickstarter finally came in. I had to go. I needed like three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. To really do everything. Yeah. And I reached for two fifty and got three hundred. So yeah. we paid off the musicians union. Okay. I have a few more songs now. Now I'm hoping to God, 
as we, you know, you added a few songs. No, no, we've we've paid. We only have a few more songs. I did actually add a couple more <laughs> since you've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell anybody. Okay, I'm paying for it. Just don't tell my yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I had to do is basically, I still pay. Now I've only got maybe four songs left to pay, and I'm done. I've free, hundred percent own this thing outright. Holy shit! So I I played by the rules. I did yeah. not. You know, I've not released this film. And your father would have appreciated that. Absolutely. He was a union guy. He yeah. got it. You know, so I'm just hoping to get this thing out there. Yeah. I'm doing fundraisers. I'm doing literally, I'm doing private screenings. I do, I've shown this film all around the world. Well, got good news for Denny. And I'm, and I'm proud to say that uh, after talking to him, that it's finally happened. The movie is going to be in theaters tomorrow, folks. They got all the issues straightened out and got a distributor. And now you can see the movie in theaters and uh, very soon on DVD. You can go to WreckingCrewFilm.com to find out where it's playing. And I want to personally congratulate Denny Tedesco for hanging in there, man. He did it. I, it it's a good story, man. It's a good story. And it's, it's, it's a good story. Like, someone should have made a documentary about Denny making the fucking documentary. This season of Marin's going to be a trip, man. Going to be some surprises. We worked hard. I, I dug deep for the acting this week. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could do what I had to do. And I feel, I feel like I did it. I did it the best I could, folks. It's all you can do. The best you can do. All you can do is give it your all and not beat the shit out of yourself afterwards and say, well, that wasn't good enough. All right, let's talk to Crystalia. Uh, let me say what he's got. What has he got? Oh, he's got this new stand-up special called White Male Black Comic. You can get it on iTunes, Amazon, and at chrisdelia.com. For just five bucks, he's got the undateable thing. All right, let's talk to Chris. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Some people know Eagle Rock. That's sort of... Yeah, but that's where this is? This is right over the hill, basically. I've been there. You have? Yeah, Eagle Rock, yeah. What are you doing over there? It was was so long ago. I don't even know. (laughs) Did you grow up here? I did, yeah, and that's why I know Eagle Rock. But when when um, when they sent me the email, they were like, "It's near Eagle Rock," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that place." Yeah, so Just it's good. It's still here from yeah. some weird part of your past. Yeah, I grew up in um, La Cañada, you know. So, uh, well, kind of. I mean, since I moved there when I was twelve. So. La Cañada. Yeah, that's like down the street. Is it really that close to here? 
What, on the two? Yeah, on the two, right, exactly, yeah. Wait, so you just drove by the exit of this I plate. did, now that I realize it was the two, yes. Right? Yeah, I was just following GPS like an idiot. No, but I mean, it's funny, though, I that, you know, it, like, there's some places, even where you grow up, where you're like, I don't know, I, I've driven by that area. Oh, yeah. For the, my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would never go there. Yeah. Well, why would you go to La Cunada unless you lived there, really? It's like but, such a home. Well, there's a nice. gym that I just joined in La Crescenta. Oh, really? Which is down the street. <laughs> oh, so it is that close. It's wow. That, like, La Crescenta is like next to La Cunada. Okay, Exactly. Cool. Right. So it's like it's like literally, like I just canceled my Y membership in Hollywood because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can just That's drive. That's too far. Ten, it's like 10 minutes to, oh, wow. to La Crescenta from here. That's funny. Do your I, folks still live there? Yeah, they live in La Cunada, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll go there after this. <laughs> <laughs> Will you? No, because they're not. Oh no, they are there. Yeah, they're just they just got back in town. Yeah. Wait, wait. So where where where'd you start out though? Where would you where were you born? New Jersey. You you're a New Jersey yeah. guy. I felt that. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Because I mean, the first time I I think I like registered your existence. Yeah. Was uh, like I guess I moved back to Los Angeles 2002, and then I did the Iron America stuff. Then I started going to the store, and uh, and I guess it was like 2006 or something, around there. You know, I knew a few guys there, but you were always like sort of looming around with a yeah. hoodie, yes. not really talking. Right. Like you were like this, Chris, and I'm like, what does he do? Yeah, <laughs> very quiet. Yeah, and I'm like, what is that guy? I know. I don't. I I have like a fear of like, get, like being involved. Like if there's a group already. Yeah. Which the comedy store is very much a, a like a yeah. fraternity like you know place. But it shifts, though. I mean, it does. No, evolving. But but yeah. I didn't know that going right. in, right? So when I went in, I was like, I just don't want to say the fucking wrong thing. <laughs> like I remember once, uh, I, I actually I actually have a, a memory of set of of which maybe like made me the quiet person there on the comedy store. I was um, I'm friends with Steve Ranizzi right now. He's he's actually like I, I love the guy. Yeah. But I I didn't understand his style and vibe. Yeah. And uh, I had been married for like a year and a half. Really? Yeah. When I started stand-up, I was married for about a year and a half. What year was that? Uh, 2006. Really? Yeah. Okay. And and Ranazizi was married like the same, like a month later. Right. Than I was. And and so I, so he said, I overheard him, <laughs> I overheard him, uh, saying yeah because i've been married now for about six months and i said and i i just was like ah that's a connection yeah you know i mean i didn't think that's a connection but i was like it's just conversation this is how life is so i'll say something now and uh (laughs) this is how it works yeah and i said oh yeah no no shit me too yeah and he said uh oh yeah when'd you get married and i was like uh well i got married in 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 august and he said oh well i got married in september that was seven months to me and i was like jesus christ (laughs) end of conversation yeah i was like uh yeah i mean i guess i can't argue with that but i mean like and then i was like man it's fucking rough out here (laughs) (laughs) i can't even get in on it like a month off and i'm out yeah i know i know and i and i and i've talked to steve about that since and i was like yo i why did you say that (laughs) like sick who gives a fuck if it's six months or seven months yeah and he was like i don't know he he actually said i don't know probably because it wasn't fucking six months (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, I get I get it now. I get it here and I get you now. But back then I was like hypersensitive to like being the new guy. So, oh, so you were just awkward. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like I just uh, I didn't know what you were up to, and that, like I remember looking at you, I'm like, how, that kid doesn't even look like he can talk. I know. I mean, how the fuck is he going to be funny? That guy. I know. And like, and literally, I I just remembered you wearing a hoodie all the time. I know, I did. I wore right. hoodies all. And the it was time. like you were just kind of lurking around. Yeah. And I, but then again, like I never hung out and necessarily watched people, you know. So right. And then by the time I saw you, I'm like, that was that kid with the hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> now he's jumping he, around, he's screaming. He's, yeah, he's like yeah. huge. <laughs> I couldn't fucking believe it. But your parents are both from Jersey. Well, my dad's from Queens, New York. Queens. Yeah. And my mom's from Newark. Oh yeah, so you're real fucking East Coast. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So wait, so but your dad was um, Ita- oh, he's Italian guy. Yeah, my dad's Italian. Like I'm, real Italian? My mom's Italian. I'm half Italian, so yeah. whatever that equals. What do you mean? So your mom's not Italian? No, my mom's Italian and my dad's Italian, but my mom's also Polish and I think my dad's Irish too. Oh, really? I don't know. So they're not like, <laughs> you're I not mean, clear you know, on I'm it? I'm American, you know? I, no, I know. <laughs> but you, you didn't have any of that in your family? You don't have like a- Oh, my, Ita- my family, if like, if you, like I have an Uncle Vinny. Yeah. Like, I mean, if when we go back, people yeah. are just like, hey, oh, they, it's that. It's, yeah, that's just, your father's side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and and my mother's side too, though. Like yeah. they'll be like, you know, uh, yeah. Like I've I had a cousin Butch. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, real Italian shit. Uh huh. Where it was like I would watch The Sopranos and be like, oh, that's comforting. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That feels like home to me. Yeah. So you grew and up. They in would it. lie, you know, yeah. like th- my family would say shit like, uh, yeah, you know, he's connected, and you're like, I, he's not, but okay. <laughs> You know, like that right. kind of shit. Every Italian family right. Every, is like, yeah. they, they think they got the one guy. Absolutely. Stole a truck once. Absolutely. And that's it. So so you grew up with that kind of like, what, spaghetti and, yeah, and pasta and my dad, grandmother? My dad would cook yeah. uh, pasta all the time. I mean, we had pasta probably, fuck, every, almost every day. Did you have a grandmother? Yeah, my mom's mom, Carmela. Right. Yeah. Another Italian. Yeah. Name. Uh, would cook, yeah. She would cook the meat sauce. I like, I like knowing that you're from New Jersey. <laughs> there's, a, there's something uh, about the, like, because I, you know, my family comes from New Jersey, but you don't strike me as oh, like, okay. a, you're not, you know, I don't identify you as like, the, you know, kind of a um, Italian guy. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, uh, when I, um, I think part of, well, you know me just from when I've been doing stand up, and yeah. I think that when I, when I, when I was you know, now as a stand-up, like, I, I always feel like comedians are repping other places. Right. And I came up here, and I want to be like, I'm from L.A. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Because I started in L.A. Right. You know, so... Um, and that's rare. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It is, I know. Well, and I know why now that I started yeah. in L.A., because it's hard to keep the eyes off of you when you're when you're, when you're working shit out. New, like, I mean, oh, yeah, everybody's terrible when to uh It's hard to... Uh, to be anonymous. Yeah, yeah. But was that, okay, so your father, when you were 12 years old, why'd your father move you? Like he, your, he's a TV guy, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he's a director and a producer. But like a big shot, Yeah, right? he, he Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff, yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah. So you grew up in the business, kind of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. When, we, when, we, when I was 12, uh, we moved out. My dad was uh, a commercial director, like, and he had a company in New York, and he would yeah. drive there every day. Right. And then when we moved from New York, it was like he got a gig directing Doogie Howser, I think, was the first thing he directed. Uh, really? TV-wise, yeah. Stephen okay. Boschko gave, yeah. gave him his first job. And my dad says to this day, he still has no fucking idea why he gave it to him, but he got, you know, he he, he directed Doogie Howser. And then he would, like, f- 
fly back and forth, and then it got to the point where he was getting enough work. He got on that show. He was one of the directors on that show, Northern Exposure. Sure. And and he, so he was out here enough to where he would stay out here like for a few months. Right. And then it just became, let's go visit dad in L.A., and then it became, okay, let's live in L.A. So he was kind of not around for a while? Yeah, but not not like... Not like where's not dad? Like any, we don't remember you? Not any kind of damaging they didn't shit Didn't fuck you on. up? No, no. Something else did? Not that. Yeah, that did not fuck me up. <laughs> no. Something did. Something made you screwy. Maybe, yeah. So, all right, so he's directing Doogie Howser. Yeah. And then what else does he do? So you move out here, but you moved to, he moves to La Crescenta, so you're not Hollywood. La Cunada. No, La yeah, Cunada. He, we moved to La Cunada, and I remember the, the big thing there was like, hey, Kevin Costner lives here. He used to live there. Yeah. And, uh... And I moved there when I was in, you know, I guess I was in, it was right when everyone went to middle school. So my parents were like, hey, uh, it's great because all the kids are coming from different schools, you know? Right, like, right. And that was kind of good. Uh, but I remember when I got there, this is this is actually pretty embarrassing. Not, not so much now because I'm a fucking man, but like... <laughs> I remember being, I loved the show 90210, the first one, not yeah. not the one that's on now the original? a few years ago. Yeah, the yeah. original. Yeah. And I loved Luke Perry. Yeah. And I thought he was so cool. And I did my hair like up like him. Yeah. And I thought that that was how it was. It should be in LA. Like yeah. I was like, well, they live in California. They'll get it. Yeah. You know? Beverly Hills, man. Yeah. Yeah. And when I went, to, I, I just, I would always get made fun of with that hair. They would be like, your fucking hair is so high. Why do you do that? <laughs> And I would never say because fucking Luke Perry does it, right. you know. <laughs> but I knew that that was like I was like, and I, I'm I'm such like a fucking I'm I'm so like hard headed that I would be like, they don't know how it is in California. <laughs> this is how you do your hair in California. <laughs> You're in California, but they're missing the point. This kid coming from New Jersey with a grandmother named Carmela was like, they don't get it. They don't get the California lifestyle. So, but but you were you identify with it early on. So you're like, what, 13 or 14? I was 13. Yeah, I was 13, 14. And then- and you wanted to be Luke Perry. Yeah. Well, he was pretty cool, I guess, right? He, you know, he was like the cool guy when you were right. 13. Yeah. But, and my dad would direct that show. So I got to meet him and I was like- Well, wait a minute. So wait, you're 14. Yeah. So your dad's like, yeah, I direct that my show. Dad, my dad, no, my dad was like, I'm going to try and get to direct that show because you love that show. Really? Yeah. And he did? And he, he, he was able to, to, you know- find his way in there and he directed one or two of them and we went on set and we met all those guys jason Priestley and did you have your hair up yeah 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 i did as a matter of fact and you know what um now thinking back on it my dad must have said something to luke perry because my dad was luke perry said hey come here and i, I walked over and he said hey you got cool hair yeah yeah and now actually thinking of, i mean i haven't told that story in so long i, yeah. I thinking of it my dad must have said you know hey my, my, my kid loves he, you he your loves hair. your hair yeah <laughs> <laughs> you like uh, like John Travolta with Al Pacino and Saturday Night yeah. Live. <laughs> right, right, right. Al Pacino. Only the way less cool version. Uh, so, all right, so you, you're doing that. You're doing your hair up yeah. in junior high. Yeah. And your dad's direct. Now, was that the first time you'd been to a set? N uh, no, I was. I went to Doogie Howser and yeah. I went to Northern Exposure. When you were like 13? Yeah. Well, but was it Northern Exposure taping way up there? Where, uh, did, where did it tape? Uh, where did that tape? I yeah, it that was in taped, Portland or something. Yeah, it did. But we went up there. Oh, you I did? think we did. Yeah, and we took a trip up there. That's right. We took a trip up there. And uh, I remember John Corbett being the nicest guy, man. Um, he would just like, he would just be really cool and like, you know. Yeah. You, you hear all these stories about oh, their stars don't bother them. Yeah. But he was the, the coolest. Uh, and then you know I got to meet like all the cat. It was just cool. It was just fucking cool. So did did As you want to? Did you know you wanted to do that? I. It, it, for me, it was never, uh, it was never an, a thought to even ever do anything else. Like it was never. 
Like, it's weird, I guess, because you know you you see your it, it it's it's practical to you right. because your dad's in the business. Right. You're like, there's a job people have. Yeah. You know, like obviously you want to be, you know, uh, what's his name, Luke Perry. Yeah. But nonetheless, the, your access to it was that like my dad goes to work there. So it's, it's like an available job. There must have been some like closeness to it like it didn't seem like it was impossible it no because that was yeah as well, i was a kid thinking about that yeah and just you know my 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 parents and and my even my brother who's younger than me yeah there's there's they're so like legitimately entertaining and funny and 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 it was just kind of our language you know are and, they funnier than you i mean here's the thing they we all make fun of each other as a family yeah and um it's just kind of how we talk, you know. Right. And uh, I, I feel like I always got it the hardest. Yeah. And I think that, um, I, I mean, I remember feeling like, not so much with the family, but because like there, you know, there was love there all the time. Like, remember feeling like, oh, I gotta, I gotta come back. I gotta <laughs> say something funny, you know, <laughs> to be part of this, you poor know. Like, guy, poor kid with the Luke Perry haircut, <laughs> getting his balls busted. And by they his would whole fuck family. with me too. My dad would call me Ledgehead. Yeah. Yeah. But your parents are still married. Yeah. So you like grew up in a state. I know, man. I, I I know everyone. Every time I read an article, it's like, oh, comedians have demons and shit. I always think like, maybe my demons are like, where are my demons? <laughs> they're maybe God. they're in there real, real far. <laughs> you I get along don't... with your parents? Yeah, they're fucking awesome. <laughs> I love them so much. It's <laughs> it's so weird. Do you say. see them often? All the time. <laughs> I saw them yesterday. I love it. I, I, yeah, I don't. I, but I mean, like, it's sort of interesting because you, like, you, you know, you, you, you have an intensity to you and a you know, fundamental social discomfort, right? That you know, when you see you, like that guy, yeah. guy he's trouble. That guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You? yeah. But you're just nervous in general. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of times, people think you know, or, or you know, people like they'll be like, like a lot, a lot of times people think like, oh, he's a a bro or mm-hmm. something you know like right I, I couldn't be further from that like i don't I, no you're like a loner yeah and i think all that shit is is in your head you know so it's like you're an outsider if you feel like you're an outsider mm-hmm. you know what i mean not necessarily because you're you're a fucking weirdo well, i think they just associate the look and maybe yeah. the confidence of like yeah. who you are on screen right or on stage but you're like one of those guys not unlike a lot of us you know you do your thing and then off stage you're like Ugh. oh man if i like all it takes yeah I, I actually i remember this is before you knew who i was yeah um i obviously knew who you were i've known who you were forever but um when i by the way my dad's a big fan of yours oh really yeah, he really is yeah oh, he really nice. is um i should say that but he so i remember you were at the improv one night yeah this was 2007 or 8 yeah. 7 probably and i was like oh fucking mark Marin's on and and i i went to go watch you and and you came off stage and i was like and and you just were in your own head just thinking about some shit yeah. i was the only person in the hallway i remember how it used to be yeah. like with the hallway right. coming up and then uh, and i and i was like hey man that was great that was hilarious and you were like eh, I fucked up <laughs> And I was like, and I was like, how could he think he fucked up? I remember this is before I really was, you know, doing. Yeah, I wasn't a professional. You're just doing it like a year. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how could he think he fucked up? And now I totally know what that feeling is like. You know, (laughs) like I just absolutely like because all it takes is one little thing. You get off stage and somebody says something like. Oh man, you were much better than last night. Yeah, you're like, oh, what fucking happened last night? Yeah, I thought last night was good. Tonight was not that, that fuck. Good. That fucks. That fucks you. That fucks me up. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, like yeah, we're, we're like I, you know, I think that's one of the things that people 
don't realize, especially when you have the kind of confidence you have right. on stage or yeah. whatever. That with me, because I'm bleeding all the time, right? And in yelling and complaining yeah, yeah, or yeah. something, you know, that it's not so surprising that off stage I might be a little insecure. But right. I think with somebody like you, they're like, "What?" Yeah. But you don't show it that much. You just sort of like mind your own business. You're a mind your own business guy. Yeah, I, I, um, we have friends, right? Oh yeah, I, I do. I, I, I have. I'm, I'm fortunate. I have friends that I fucking love and for, you know, forever or like for, comics for a long time yeah for a long time yeah yeah but, like you do a podcast right yeah how how often does that go up um it's like twice a week it's a 10 minute podcast it's, we do 10 minutes and you do it with brian brian callen and will sasso i don't know if i know sasso yeah i, I know, know brian yeah well of course you know brian yeah but, uh, <laughs> i think we're okay him yeah. and i sometimes oh yeah he's, the last i checked we're okay yeah he's never said anything bad about you yeah yeah um but uh uh you yeah, have old we, friends like from high school. Yeah, uh, well, high school, I, I, I have like one friend that I keep. Oh no, I have two friends I keep in touch with from high school. One was my brother's friend that is like one of my best friends now, and the other you stole one, your brother's friend. Yeah, no, he's still closer to my brother. Yeah, all right, um, <laughs> what's the age difference? My brother's uh, three and a half years younger than me. What's he do? He's a director. Yeah, like yeah. successful. Yeah, he he did a movie called American Animal that was um it's on Netflix now and it, you know it was it actually was on like very, it was very it was one of those movies that was very critically like what was it about? It was about a guy who is dying. Yeah, and he decides one day that he's not sick anymore and he's just going to live by those rules. Yeah, and it's kind of the devolve like it, it shows him devolving mentally and physically over the course of like three days and it all takes place in like an apartment. So it's does he it's, end up kicking the sickness? No, uh, no. It just it's it's kind of he doesn't die or not die. It's just kind of like his deterioration, and it's it's sad, but it's funny too. It's Did your like, brother write it? He wrote it, directed it, and he he's plays the guy. Oh, really? And and a lot of critics. Uh, What's his name? Loved it, Matt Matt yeah. D'Elia. Yeah, he was on some top five list, top ten list. Oh yeah, yeah. but it it was one of those movies that just kind of didn't make a sure make it easy for yeah. him to do his second movie. Oh, why? Because it was so personal or so? Well, no, it was just, it was very specific and very, it was very specific, you know? It's like, uh, but 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 we have other stuff that we're we're, we're putting together that we're trying to do. Me and you him, and so. him? Yeah. You're yeah. working together now? Dude, I just like working with people I like, man. Well, I hope that's good. You like you your know? brother then? Yeah. What about your old man? What's he, does he get involved? Uh, he, he actually directed my last special. Did he? Yeah. The, uh, uh, the white male black comic, yeah, he, uh, that I did for Comedy Central. White he, male black comic? Yeah. yeah. He, um... It was funny too because uh, <laughs> I I asked him I was like, "Hey, Dad, can I? Will you direct my special?" And he was like, "You want me to f- fucking direct your special?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Fuck yeah, I would love to." And I was like, "All right, cool. Just so you know, like I'm hiring you, <laughs> like just as a joke." You yeah. Know? And it was funny too because he made like you know he made like no money, right? Of course, right? And you, of course, he doesn't give a shit about it, I right? Mean, he's the most sentimental guy in the, in the fucking on the planet. So right. he was like. My son, you know, yeah. But uh, um, I'm joking around about him. I, you know, he made a few few thousand dollars, and I was like, now I paid you back for everything. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're even. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so he did a good job, I assume. Yeah, I love the way it looked and turned out. And is it popular? Did it do well? It it did really well for me. Yeah. 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 In what way? It Just in put terms butts of- and seats. Did it? Absolutely. Yeah. Big change. Yeah, big. Yeah. From, um, uh, you know what happened actually from Netflix? No, it was on Comedy Central. But oh, you know what happened yeah. is. There was a, a bit that got online that mm-hmm. went viral that was like that changed kind of 
kind of changed everything. Really? Yeah. Which bit? It, it was a bit I do about uh, drunk girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it 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 um it it got to a point not really now but where people would be like coming to see like do, if i shoot something and it airs i don't i don't do that joke anymore because i want to work on other shit you know i think right. i think other comics are that way too but it's the way we think but like i you know i'm of two minds about it i mean like i don't always know especially when you're just breaking right so let's right. say you get known That's, for that bit yeah. right and then all of a sudden people want to like there's yeah. two kinds of people they're yeah. like i hope he does new shit but right. those are people that have been watching you for years right. but some people are going to see that bit some right. people are bringing friends like let's go see him do that That's bit That's true but oh, it's look, a, at, look at Jim Gaffigan for a million years. Hot yeah. pockets. He couldn't get rid of hot pockets. That's and they do, now he does it as an encore sometimes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, encores are cool. But but but, but to me, and it, you know, with all due respect, it was a little different back then because you can just YouTube it now. You right. know what I mean? So it's like I'm of the mindset. It was like when somebody calls out, do the drunk girls thing. I, I just I, I fucking say YouTube that shit. Really? Yeah, I got new stuff. If uh-huh. you don't, I hope you like this. Here we go. You yeah. Know? I just feel like that's the no, way. No, I, I mean, I do that too, and I and I think yeah. that's right. But nobody really, there's nobody in my 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 audience is sort of troubled, well, polite, right? Sense, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't think you and I have the same audience. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, usually they're grownups, yeah. and they're you know they're yeah, yeah. they're not going to be sitting there taping my bits right. clandestinely. I don't think I've ever been taped in a club where they uh, put it up. It's never been a threat for me, which is a testament to having a good audience. But like the I relationship I have with my audience is so intimate because of this thing, yeah. and whatever. It's but really, like it's true. That's truly awesome, man. I envy that. Right, but I feel the in, insane pressure to to come up with with new stuff or to at hmm. least. Like you, know, and, I, yeah. and you do too. But you know, for the no, YouTube I guess thing, I see but, what you're saying. but no, but I mean, like, I what are most when you look at out out at your audience? Were they college kids usually? Teenagers? For, what? Well, it's like twenty thirty twenties thirties. Yeah, yeah. And when when and when the Comedy Central thing happened, like, what you weren't selling out, or now you can sell out. Like, I was a, not selling out, and now comedy I am club selling out. Yeah. Are you doing theaters? Yeah. I'm doing a theater tour now. Like, like how big? The 800, 900, or 1,200, uh, 1,500? 1,000 to 1,400. Well, that's because of the show, too. Yeah, it's all different stuff, you know? Like, right. I, um, I, I think that it's good to, like, I I have this thing where if I get any sort of, like, like I was I did this episode of, of Workaholics, that show on Comedy Central. Yeah. And I played a, a pedophile, mm-hmm. and it was it was like a, a really like yeah. episode because I played a ch- pedophile, but it yeah. was a funny show. So right. a lot of a lot of that episode was was very popular, and a lot of people um, would 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 see me and call me the guy like the guy's name was Topher, and they'd be yeah. like, "Hey, it's Topher." Right. Like that makes me never want to do that show again. Do you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Yeah. Or if I get popular, or whatever, if if something like that drunk girls bit, yeah. If if people know me from that, I don't ever want to do it again. Why? Because I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think if I'm being truly honest, this is kind of fucked up, but I've thought about this. I think it has something to do with the fact that I feel a little bit of, being totally honest, yeah. I feel a little bit of, I feel a little bit shitty that they know me from that bit. Right. And they don't know me. Right. Which is a weird, insecure thing. Well, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like you don't want to be. Uh, like you don't think it. I get that too. Where it's sort of like there, there's like even just the other night I did a, a show 
and I was a little more aggressive than I than right. I I do. Uh, like I I used to be more aggressive on stage and mm-hmm. push it more and like oversell and get angry. Right, right. But I needed to do it because of the situation I was right. in. But I felt ashamed of it, and oh. I know that a, a lot of people are like, ah, man, I didn't know you had it in you or whatever. Yeah, I used to do that shit all the time. I used to be a lot more aggressive on stage. It's taken me years to relax. So <laughs> some part of my brain, like if somebody came up to me and said, "I've never seen you before. You kicked ass." There was part of me that's like, "Enough for that one. Yeah, I don't want you to." Uh-huh, like I'm not yeah, always yeah. like that. Right. You, right that right, kind of right, thing. Right. But 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 in 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 you saying that, I mean, I can understand that about Topher. But do you think like you're? Are there bits that you feel like you're really representing yourself, or you just feel that weird insecurity, like um, you're never going to be known, or that anytime anybody likes you, you're like, eh, but you, you don't really know me. I mean, is that in there all the time? I don't know. You know what? Like another thing too that makes me think of what you're saying is, um, or what you're asking is, like I've been doing stand up for about eight and a half years right so would not a long time really right it certainly doesn't feel like a long time but like you know my, my first hour was about stuff that i thought was funny you know it What's was like special yeah right it was like you know stuff that i've observed and like i'm like oh this is that's funny to me well, I'm you did talk. like the german guy yeah, well well that was before that but yeah I, I talk about how how like black guys laugh or something right you right. know what i mean right. and and as i get older and as I get older in comedy, it's more fulfilling to talk about stuff that has happened to me or how I feel about a how certain How you doing with thing. that stuff? Is You mean that, that you didn't do that on the special? I did not do that on the special. Because when I shot my special, I think I was 31 or something. What was that, like two years yeah. ago? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I love... I, I've, to me, my favorite guys were always silly. I love being silly. Like I just think that that if it's silly, like who are your favorite like, guys? Like Eddie Murphy or right. Jim Carrey, right? Or Robin Williams, right? You know, and um, so I big, yeah, yeah. And and I I just think that that that's funny and my and my, i sure, feel like that's me i feel like that's me too so like and also when, i think you get lost in it too because like your offstage personality is you know sort of quiet right and you know like yeah. you you kind of get big yeah like i i know that like a lot of your bits like are, are it's character driven mm-hmm. and it's things that like everyone can understand mm-hmm. and there's like you know you know goofy um kind of not stereotypes but you know you kind of you, you take a you take something that's familiar and then kind of push it over the top yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. And that, that is definitely what I did on my first special, yeah. for sure. And I still have material like that. Uh, I'm going to shoot my next special. Uh, and but, but, but for instance, there's a bit in my next special that I'm going to do. I, I dislike sports. I just don't. I never care. Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen this. And, yeah, I'm not, and I'm to me, either. when I, 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 like the first time I started talking about that bit, I was like, I, I could never get away with saying that. It's, a, it's definitely anti-bro. That's true. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, but, it's, but it's actually how I feel about it. You yeah. know? So I was like... I'm going to talk about how I don't like sports, and I'm just going to see how it goes. I saw you do it at Oddball, right? Yeah, yeah, it right. went good. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, 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 but now the bit's a little older, and I've done it for about a year, yeah. or, or a year and a half, and I can't wait to shoot it so I could, don't have to do it anymore. But when I first started doing that bit, I was like, man, it feels really good to let people know that I don't like sports. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. It's like the first time you ever spoke your mind. Yeah, exactly. So, so I and, and I have a stand. Yeah, Chris. exactly. And yeah. it felt so fucking good. And it yeah. felt like I was growing up, man. It <laughs> yeah. felt like I was like as a comic. Yeah, it really did. And I was and 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 I think that um, I did get a little a- a- attention, at least in the clubs, uh-huh. quickly. You know, like early on. Yes. Yeah. Like I was getting thrown, going in between two comics that I'd watched growing up, and I was like. Oh fuck! I got to be good. You mean when he started? 
Or recently, you mean when I first started? Right. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, I have no business going in between fucking John Caprillo and Dove David or whoever it was, yeah, you yeah. know. And um, it felt like in the past few years, I've right. really been able to just kind of. Also, I don't give a fuck now. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you first, you're like, I, I really care what these people uh-huh. think. And <laughs> now I realize as a comedian, making people laugh is amazing. I love it. But yeah. but I, I really am up there for me. Right. I don't know how, if that's how you feel as well. Like, right, that's, that's really all I got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never known as everyone's entertainer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, so, no, but I think it's a natural evolution. I mean, you're eight years in. Yeah. You've got your, you know, you paid your dues a bit and you've got your chops and you know how to do it and you know how to, you know, really blow a room apart. Mm. And like, and I think also when I see a guy like you, somebody who does some, who's so big on stage mm-hmm. that like, I don't know how you adjust you know, from that, I, I think that the experience of, of doing characters and then sort of doing all the physical humor right. that you do and, right. and, and sort of acting things out mm-hmm. that eventually when you feel comfortable up there and you, and you feel, co- and you feel real confidence as opposed to like, I just got to kill. Right. Right. That, you know, you right. got a little more right. space. Right. Right. Um, and you know, that, that, that kind of thing, like, like I, I've, I, I'm, this is, this won't be on the next special I do, but I've started doing new material now where I'm talking about how, like I have, I, how I don't have kids and how that makes me feel and how yeah. my friends, I'm watching them have kids. Yeah. And that's all very personal to me, you know, like, and, yeah. um, and that feels therapeutic. And, and that's now it's like, uh, that being said, me doing that on stage, it, it's not going to take away from me. If I'm telling a story about a kid, then all of a sudden the kid said this and doing yeah. the kid as a right. character. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. That's just silly, and that's just what I like doing. Well, that's you know? how, well, that's your style. Exactly. So, so now you're saying that you're able to inform your style with more of your point of view, right? As opposed to just doing, you know, these uh, broad character yeah. bits. Yeah, right. That's good, man. I mean, in eight years, to be quite honest with you, just because you got the success that you've gotten because your ability to uh, to entertain, you know, it's good that you you still are conscious of growing as a comic as who wants to yeah. do something more personal. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's sort of the curse of being able to entertain early right. on. Like most guys kind of stumble through eight years. Right. And then a break comes. Right, right, right. Like, you know, from the get go, because you were so, you know, you know, big. Yeah. You know, you're like, that guy can do it. Right. And right. You're, all right. I got yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, right. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I had ten minutes, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So all right, so after so in high school, what were you doing in high school? Were you, were you doing acting? Or yeah, doing- I was doing a- I was doing acting. I was acting. I was doing uh, like plays and shit. So Even, you wanted to be an actor. I did. Yeah, I always wanted to be a comedian, but that was so scary to me. So I was like, I'll be an actor. Yeah. You know, like when I was eleven, I'd be yeah. like, I'll be an actor. I'll get famous, and then I'll do stand up. Right. Did you ever think in your mind, which is an idiotic idea, by the way? Let me put that out there. What to do an actor first? To 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 have the to not come up as a comedian is is wrong <laughs> no no I well don't, it's not wrong I, I shouldn't i shouldn't say it's wrong but it's it's way harder to be respected among your peers that as way. a comedian yes you mean if you don't come up as a comedian, yeah like as if, if you wanted to be an actor and then yeah. you became a like comic. i feel bad for for people that are actors that have always wanted to be a comedian and then they're like i'm gonna try it because it's like oh man you got to be extra good almost. well what's worse is guys who want to be actors and they put together 10 minutes to try to get showcases Right in a way, but yeah. I, I don't I don't know like how clear you were about what you were doing when you started. But you know, even if you talk to Dice, uh-huh. you know, Dice wanted to be an actor. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's all he wanted to be. Really? He wanted to be a fucking actor. I mean, there's different reasons to do stand up. For me, it was always about I'm a 
I'm feel like I'm a comedian and acting is great because you can work if you work and you but did you money. train as an actor I, I mean, did yes okay so but, but I dropped out of everything like I was but just like, like alright so you're in high school you're doing things okay in your in your heart you want to be a comedian but you don't have the balls alright get right. it but you like you, you want to be in, in on camera yeah. So you want to act. Right. So you're doing plays. Right. And then you, what, you were you taking classes? Did, was your was. father helping you in, out? In, I, was, I went to NYU. Now, what, what's your dad thinking when you're telling him you want uh, his career in show business? Before he ever saw me do anything, he was like, I should probably talk to him about how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he did? Uh, and then I think he saw me in a play and he was like, oh, I'll let him, you know. <laughs> Seems like you might have some. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I, mean, I was probably terrible. <laughs> he but. didn't tell you this, though? He didn't say nah, he, he would. He Eventually, he said, I, I was... I was thinking I was probably going to have to, because you know, look, my dad's in the business, and he said he's oh, dude, he's heartbreaking. He's, he sits down in front of actors all all the time, his whole life, and and he says a lot of actors come in and audition, and he wishes somebody who loved him would be like, stop. Maybe you should, you know, <laughs> yeah, in a caring way. I mean, my dad's yeah, not right cold, but. No, you know. I, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, I I notice it all the time. Like you know, it was touch and go for me for a long time. But I mean, I didn't have anything else to do. You know, but I, I have right. to assume, you know, when even when I was doing my show and you and I got to audition people, right? It, I I could barely handle. I it. know it's it's, it's you, so... you know to sit there. It's just sort of like, and I don't know what they're doing. I know. I don't know what they're doing all day. I yeah. don't know what like. It's just heartbreaking. It is really, it really is. But but you know, if someone's got a dream, they got a dream. Yeah, you got it. Well, you're gonna not, and train. you never know who the hell knows. I but at some point you kind of know, right? I you're, guess, yeah. But sometimes <laughs> you don't just don't know. But, yeah, you're right. And well, also, but that's the thing, though. It's like if you if you hit on twenty, sometimes you're gonna get an ace. Like, right. and when that happens, people hear those stories and they're like, oh, well, I'll fucking try. Right. But you know? but but also for some people the payoff is 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 different you know like if somebody gets like a like a, a one episode on a TV show and they've been banging their head against the wall for six years right. it's a big deal right right you know what I mean I I don't know I, I, it's a projection to assume that they're right. all heartbroken that's you know, no they, absolutely yeah but I'm doing it not you but I I just like no but I feel the same way yeah when I'm watching that. yeah because yeah. it's our own fear I mean you know yeah. you. You know, yeah, you did yeah. all right. You 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 uh, have more success than I did when I was your age. But uh, but you know, still, I got to imagine that on some level, you know how what, well you know you're doing pretty fucking well. I I don't assume that you're sitting there going like, what if this doesn't? What if this ends? Uh, well, that that's the other thing too. That's that's one of the best things about stand up is like yeah. at least you, can you can always just stand up going on stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's true. That's true. That's in my mind. That's a, I know I can do that. Right. I yeah. can always do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. So you you go to NYU. You went to NYU. Uh, yeah, I went for a year and then I dropped out because that was just like to the to the film program or the acting. I went program? to the acting program. Where you got in. That's an audition situation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were good enough to get in, and yes. then what happened? What, um, what do you, mean? you did. Yeah, yeah, I got in, and right. um, and I got in, and then I just when I think about it now, because I I don't ever really think about it, but like when I think about it now, like I, it was just like I, I didn't understand. Like we would like. I get acting is a craft or whatever, but like we had breathing class. Like yeah. we literally had a class called breathing and, and, and that was the class name and you would go and you would, you would fucking breathe. Like that was the class. And I, I, I mean, dude, imagine you in that class, like me in that class, it's the same thing. You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> so, but I, and then I'm like, all right, well let's do the thing. And then we would do the breathing and then, and then a, a teacher would be like, that's not really how you're supposed to do it. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> We've been breathing the whole, I've been breathing for the whole, my life, dude. 
And then there were classes that were, there was a movement class and then there was a, I, I was just like, yo, get me the fuck out of here. This is not happening fast yeah. enough. I, this is not the kind of acting just, I had in mind. I, you know, and maybe that means, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that means I'm disrespectful. I don't know what the fuck that means. But for me, I was like, this is not what I, I can't do this. So that was one of the things where I was you like. You learned nothing. Well, no, there were teachers that were were that I respected there that I was like, oh, I like this. I like what he's saying. Um, and I can remember specific things where, like I remember one time I did a scene with somebody and uh, my act, one of my acting teachers that I liked a lot, his name was Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, he was like, hey, you, you're not making eye contact with the person. Make eye contact with the person the whole time. And I was yeah. like, okay. And I did it. And I remember when I was doing the scene with them, I was like, Wow, this feels like fucking for real, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, "That's a good fucking note." <laughs> fucking look at the guy, you know. So <laughs> that's funny. If you wrote a book, one fucking look at the guy. <laughs> yeah. Two. Breathe. <laughs> breathe. I guess. Don't get too hung up on yeah. it, though. No, right, right. <laughs> so, um, what other things did you? Did so you I carry? left that. So I left MIU. But that's one of those weird things, though, where you're like. It stuck in your head, right? It did, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember that class. I remember that year very, pretty fucking vividly. Like, that was a formative year in my life. Like, I was in New York for a year. Yeah. It was cold as fuck, yeah. you know, in the winter. You've never been out, not yeah. since you were 12. Nah. Uh, yeah. Even still, when you're a kid, you're invincible, you know? Right, but now and I'm, you like it when it's Yeah, now I'm 19, and I'm like, oh, this is real sh cold. I, I'm a person. I'm yeah. out, I'm walking in the streets. <laughs> Some guy will be like, fuck you, and I'm like, yeah, you're not. Like, I'm, I, this is me in life now, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh... Did you miss home? Um, I think I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I I had been home and always very close with my family, so yeah. I think that year I was like, you know, I felt okay. I felt good. Yeah, but, good to be away. But I did go through um, an actual, uh, real like kind of depression. Like in uh, when I, I, I was only, I wasn't going to class by the end of the year. Yeah, I was only, I was only sleeping in the day, and I would only see the night. Like I would wake up at like six p.m. and yeah. then just kind of like go work out at like two a.m. Yeah, and I made so friends. you're isolated. Yeah, I was pretty fucking isolated, and and I was like not in college. Yeah, it was like I was in an, I was like a New Yorker. What were you doing? <laughs> I was like not a um, just like going out all night. I would wake eating? up, I would eat. Yeah, I would go to work out at two in the morning. Yeah, and then go get something to eat. I'd be like the only guy. If I felt like Travis Bickle, right? Like I was like the ta I was like taxi driver. Like yeah. I was like you know you didn't, look you at didn't... these creeps. Look at these fucking. Scum, look at yeah, these fucking people, and I'm one of someday them. Someday a rain will come right, and wash exactly. <laughs> so, so no I was like Travis Bickle in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so. And so you call your parents and say, I'm going to drop out. Yeah, and they were mad. And I wrote a script that was called Union, and it was about my, it was about uh, kids that were in and out of college that were like they were they were spending their last year they were spending their last summer together before they were in and out of junior college and they were spending their last year, summer together before one of them was going away to real college yeah and i actually i gave it to my a feature? dad yeah it was a feature script i gave it to my dad and he was like it's really not it's it's not that bad like i'm going to give it to my guy yeah and so he helped me out and gave it to his agent his agent was like okay it was not bad. And then I I had an acting agent. I personally gave it to my acting agent. 
and they were like, this is really good. We want to give it to the literary department. And they gave it to the literary department, and I ended up selling it. Um, really? Yeah. I wrote it when I was like 19, yeah. 20, and I, I sold it and, you know, never came to fruition. How much? But did I make yeah. off it? Oh, God. Um, maybe $60,000. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a fucking lot of money for like a 20-year-old. Hell like, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and... They, I think what what happened was they they optioned it and then they hired me to rewrite it. Okay, that was what it was. And you rewrote it? Yeah, and and it made the rounds and it was like this production company and that 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 bought it and then it just never came out. It never got into production. And then I got the rights back and then I ended up selling it again uh-huh. to a different company. So yeah. I made more money off the same script. Yeah. Um. And you're like, this is how show business works. I know. I'm like, but but as a kid, you know, as a 20 year old, I was like. I want fucking people to see my shit. Like, right. I don't give a fuck about, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was always fortunately very fine. Like, my my, my dad was in the business, and yeah. I, and he would he he was always there for me right. monetarily if I needed right. it, you know. And um, so that was never a real concern for me, which is very fortunate. But yeah. um, so I, uh, I, I, that script was like three or four years I was trying to get this thing made giving it to different people i would write i would write every day i would write every day different ideas different scripts yeah i would write every day for eight hours like obsessed i would write yeah. every day from right. like and then nothing was happening and then i was always like because i always want to be a comedian and i would always come back to that and i was like you know what this plan of being an actor that's in the business and then getting people to see hey maybe i could do stand-up isn't working I've got nothing to lose. So were you doing any parts in movies or TV? I was TV? doing part, like I did a part in a movie that never came out. I did, but you were auditioning. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you had an acting agent. Yeah. And now you had a literary agent too. Yes. And 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 what happened was I was like, I need people to see what I'm doing right now. Right. And I was like, stand-up comedy, you, I can go on stage tonight and open mic and be in front of somebody. Right. And they'll fucking understand that. But I, see, see what you're doing right now for acting? Or for what? Just because you wanted the reward of creating something and having it received. Well, I always thought I was funny, right. and I was like, I my my friends, oh, I I, I love making them laugh, and I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna make people I don't know laugh, right. and I'm gonna try and do that because that's what I that's what I always wanted to do. Most importantly, so you've, you've been writing obsessively eight hours a day, auditioning, doing yeah. little parts and things that no one would see. Right, you're four years into it. You're like 22 years old. Yeah. And when do you decide to I do I started it? doing, st- I did stand up once when I was 23. And then I was like, uh, I don't I don't have a clue how that went. And then I didn't do it again for about two years. That happened to me too. Really? Like, yeah, when I was in college in 19, maybe 83 mm-hmm. or 84, like I, there was one summer, I think it was the summer before my last year, I'm like, I'm going to do it. Like I'd done a team thing with right. a guy and it was fun. And I'm like, I'm going to do it myself. I just did open mics for a whole summer and drank and like just going on late. Yeah. And I'm like, God, oh, God damn it. It just almost killed me. Yeah. Because I was so fucking miserable. Really? But I had another year of college and I kind of put it on hold for that last uh-huh. year, the stand up. And then right after college, I moved out here and became a doorman at the store. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know you were a doorman. Yeah. So why why were you miserable though? Because like, well, I just because it was so hard. Is that like well, it, yeah. like there was no way in? There was no alternative room. There was no nothing. It's like you want to be a comic. Here's where the open mics are. All right, right. so go sign up. 
and then see what happens. Right. So there was a lot of like, I would try to sign up almost every night to go somewhere. And then you'd end up like, you know, it was usually like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe at places. Right. And then you'd wait around all night and you get bumped. And then you like, you'd go on for four people yeah, and I'd yeah, be yeah. drinking. And, right. and it was like, and then you do five fucking minutes right. and your whole world is around these five minutes. And you do five minutes and you don't got another set for two weeks. And you just sat there going like, oh, fuck, I got to do this five minutes. And I, you know, it was like crazy. <laughs> It Crazy. feels like you feel it now. Yeah. Because you're, everything's hanging on it. Like, I didn't yeah. know what else to do. I didn't want right. to do anything else. So it was like, you just like all day, you're like, oh, on next next Tuesday, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I hope I can go on when there's when there's more than five yeah, people there. People, yeah. Right. That was what it was. Wow. And then, uh, but whatever. So what? So where'd you go on when you were 23? The Ha Ha Cafe. Oh, out in Burbank? In, in uh, North Hollywood, I guess it would, yeah. it would be. And then I went again and twenty when I was 20. What did you do? Like one guy? One bit? One character? Two uh, no, characters? I did, uh, I did five minutes. I don't even, you know, five minutes of, I don't even remember. I, I, really? I think I talked about the joke. Oh, I talked about the TV show 24. It was when okay. that was really popular. Okay. Um, it was my New Year's resolution, I remember. In 2006, mm -hmm. January 2nd. I went on stage and I was like, I'm going to go on stage once a week. Mm -hmm. I went on stage January 2nd and I was like, fuck it. I went on stage January 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th. And I was just like, I just did it. You were I in. just started doing it. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. And I loved it. And yeah. then like a month later, I got my first real whatever show. It was a bringer show. Where? But at the HaHa. -Ha. Oh, so that but was I, your place. But, oh yeah, for years that was my place. Yeah. I loved that place. Yeah. Because um, you could do the open mic and then stay and do the show. Right. Um, and it's an intimate room. It's not it a is. bad room. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, it's Anytime someone's coming up, they're like, what should I do? I was like, go to the Ha Ha Cafe. Yeah, hang Just out. do that shit. Yeah. Um, and then- That's like the version of like, don't go to, don't go to the store yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Stay in the town. Absolutely. Stay, stay over the hill for a little while. Absolutely. I did, this, I did the comedy store like two years in and I fucking, I mean, I, I ate shit and I was like- how 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 did I eat shit that much at the OR? Yes. Oh, that because oh, the hardest room ever. It's like they, it'll eat your guts out. Yeah. They, to figure out how to play that room. Yep. It's fucking. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's fucking even crazy. even if even if you don't do it for a while and oh, yeah, and then you go back, you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, how do I do this again? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like you know, like sometimes in that room, that first joke doesn't go. You just feel it like. Oof. It's so and like, weird and what? interesting how it's like that. You're right. And, yeah. and and there are nights there where you're like, oh, this is this is the best this is going to get. Like, you know, like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to get them over the hump. This is right, not going right, to fucking right, happen. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. But it's okay. So you're two years in at the haha. -ha, you're just doing that. Yeah. And then what? You you go to a Monday night at the store? I, I Yeah, I went to Sunday or Monday, whatever it was. Yeah. I went with some of the guys I knew from the haha. -ha. Who? Oh, fuck. Still around? No. None of them. I don't think any of them are. Really? Um, and uh, I ate shit sp specifically hard. Like, like, like. Because you're cocky. More than anyone. And just yes, yes. A right. Absolutely. Right. Because I probably was doing well at the haha. -ha, right. And I was like, I got this shit. Right. That's the worst attitude at the comedy store. Oh, no, yes. But <laughs> and <laughs> it'll just eat you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And I remember having the thought, don't go back there again for a while. Yeah. <laughs> this is the comedy store and I was like I should have more respect for this fucking place I, and and uh, and I didn't go back until people would be like come by the comedy store I'd be like nah for how long? another year uh -huh. another year and a half I, I remember like I wanted to make it where I never wanted to be and 
the guy who was like, can I do a spot? Right. I always thought if somebody wants me to do a spot, they'll ask me to do a spot. And, right. th- and that's how I'm going to play it. And keep your dignity. A hundred percent. And that's how I'm going <laughs> to play it. And, and so I would do the belly room and I did the belly room for probably a year and a half. And just out of stubborn pride, you weren't going to fucking kiss any ass. Absolutely not. Right. And I didn't do it. And, and I would, and I would, and I would literally stay there from nine to, to whenever. And even when I would get on, I would stay there afterwards. Cause I felt like being here is a good idea, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, um, so you were just a guy hanging around. Yes. Mind you, I was married then. So when that, did that happen? That was 2006. Who the fuck did you marry? I married a girl, a, a really sweet girl. She's great. Uh, her name is Emily. Yeah. And uh, How long did you date her? Sh- f- uh, two years. Uh-huh. And then you got married. And then we got married for about a year and a half. What went wrong? Well, I think it started with me doing, you know, stand-up every night. Yeah. And then, you know. But were you living with her? Oh, you were yeah, married. Yeah, we you were living together a, in, in the an valley. Apartment? Yeah, in the apartment in the valley. And uh, and she wanted to start a family? She's not in the business? No, she is an actress, and, uh-huh. and she works every now and then. And um, I just, um, yeah, it just, it just my, I, I was, I mean, it's just so cliche, but I was married to the, you know, stand-up. It was like, that's sure, so corny and, yeah, to say. Right, like, and, and so it didn't end acrimoniously or what? We were cool. We're cool now. You are. Like, she's great. She's engaged. And, okay. And I, whenever I see her, you know, you run into people in LA, you're like, hey, what's up? How you doing? You you're know, happy. I, yeah. The guy, not that it matters to what I think, but the guy's great. You know, it's oh, like, good. it's cool. It's cool to see. What's well, a good story? Uh, well, also, I think that they're up until, I think she got re- engaged recently. Like, I would always feel guilty. Right. And now that this is, uh, you know, this may be conceded, but now, now I, now that I know that she's engaged and happy, yeah. I'm like, oh. Thank you. Fuck. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I didn't destroy her life. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that bad, right? No, no. But she my, loved you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, yeah, she, I do. She wanted a family, and yeah. I, I was like, but I gotta make yeah. money. Yeah, but I'm selfish, and yeah. But I, what I, about I, I, I want everything I want? Yeah, I want to do stand up and fuck random people. It's you know? <laughs> a lot of things I said I still have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, all right. So, so how does it uh, transpire at the store to, that where uh, things change? Well, so Tommy, who worked yeah. as the general manager, right? He was uh, there every night almost and laying the school on you. It's like pretty soon, man. Pretty soon. Well, I I never even went down there because I didn't want to. I I didn't want to. I was so insecure. I didn't want people to be like, oh, he's probably near. I didn't want Tommy to think, oh, he's near me because he yeah, wants a spot. Well, what, you'd be one of like 20, 30 I know, people I know. wandering around acting like they didn't really want anything. I know, I know, right? <laughs> you know, I know. Being cool. Um. So to- Tommy actually said to me, he said, hey, when are you going to start coming down to the original room Sunday, Monday? And I was like, oh, shit. This is what I was, you know. Yeah. I wasn't trying to get any spots. So he saw you up there. I think he, well, he, he and he said, he's like, you know, I, I peek my head in every now and then, you know, and people talk about you and you come to, you know come down sunday i'll get you in yeah and i was like okay i'll be there sunday yeah and i got there sunday and i remember like dan bilek yeah who would run the thing room there i would be like uh hey uh tommy said to come down or whatever and dan's like yeah okay tommy told that to 20 fucking people you know oh, okay and i was like oh shit okay that's how this works yeah so i was like okay i'm just gonna be here until 2 a.m yeah if you got time, great. If not, fuck, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And then I would do that Sunday, Monday nights. So now I was doing that Friday nights. And was he uh, Sunday on? and Monday nights. I would get on every now and then, maybe every other week. You'd wait there all night. I would wait there all night. 
I'd be like, this is my job, I guess. If if I want to be a comedian, this is part of it. <laughs> Waiting. I would do it yeah. every... Dude, I'm telling you, I would do it Sunday, Monday from 9 to fucking 2 a.m. I would sit there. And and I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Because you're watching everybody else. Yeah. And you're sitting there going like, I can do that. Yeah. You know, or I'm hanging out back, meeting people. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like... It's, it's our people. Yeah. Yeah. So... So eventually, so eventually, happened? Tommy was like, uh, so eventually, I got on, and then he's putting a showcase together for Mitzi. This is when she was still watching the showcases, and it was, I think, it was the last, I think, it was the last time she came to the club for a showcase. Huh. And I went up, and I and she passed me, and and I think the next person she passed was Justin Martindale, and but that wasn't for a showcase. She was just like there and saw mm-hmm. him in a bringer show. Yeah. And I don't think she's been there since. That was it, huh? Yeah. Got in under the wire. Yeah. So. And then. He, that and feels he, good, though. That yeah. felt good. And then he just started working you. Yeah, he started working me. I would do fucking 12, 30 spots. Um, but that makes it like, I, I was never the guy that had that. I, it, that was always a drag. Because you really got to fucking push. I. Made I, you strong, right? I, I, yeah, it really did. And I I fucking loved 12, 30 spots, man. I'll, I would still do them. If if that was my spot, I would still do them. I, I loved doing it, man. Why? I loved that there were eight people that I fucking don't know that were, maybe two of them thought, hey, that guy looks cool. Yeah. Or maybe six of them thought, fuck this guy. Yeah. I just loved that. I loved being like- The half empty room? Fuck it. Yeah. What, what the fuck do I have to lose at this point? Yeah. And then if I got them laughing, man, that was, that, that was like, yeah, that was like the best thing ever. I was yeah. just like, man, I, I, it was a step every every time that happened. These idiots it was a step have been closer. here for three hours. Yep. They seen some really funny guys and some fucking terrible guys. Yeah, and their brains have been fucked. Yeah, they're not even. They're like right now. They're like, man, stand up comedy is probably the last thing I want to watch. Yeah, yeah. And if I we'll go after the next guy. Yeah. All right, this guy. We'll stay one more. Yeah, and they're just be, they're just being there. Yeah. And and if I made them laugh, it was just, I felt like a step closer to just being a real comedian. And then you just started. He just started integrating you into this. Yeah. And then it, every night. Na- and then he. And then one night, I, he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put you after John Caparulo. I'm gonna put you." Out. He would always put me after Rick Ingram. Yeah. Which he would Doing just like, crowd work. He would tear the room apart, and yeah. people love him, you know. Yeah. And he's hard. You know, he's hard to follow. And um, I would go up and 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 try to put the room back together, and and then I just felt like, man, I, I have no business being here. I have no business being here. But then, you're just like. Oh, I guess I fucking know everybody. Yeah. I guess I'm one of these guys. <laughs> you know? You just kind of like, oh. Now some then you look at someone else looking at you like that. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, I know that. Oh look. shit. Yeah. I'm the Steve Renazizi part now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. So how did the how did the relationship with Whitney, how did that casting go with her show? We, with Whitney. We started doing well, she had been around doing open mics and when you started. I had I when I already started, I knew of her, uh, but but haha. Um, nah, she was everywhere. Yeah, I felt like yeah. are there three? I was like, are there three of her? Like, yeah. she just went everywhere doing everywhere. Sets. Yeah. She was that fucking. She was like doing a set somewhere where there was no show. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, all right, uh, and so she would be like, I remember one of the first things she said to me. She was like, "You from San Diego?" And I was like. No. And she's like, you look like you'd be from fucking San Diego. You look like healthy and shit. And I was like, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> and she was like, oh, all right. Well, that's a compliment. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, Did you have a romantic thing with her? No, but like, 
at least to me, it felt like flirting. Yeah. You know, um, but, and then, and then we just, you know, she, she was like my peer yeah. in comedy. So, and you, you know, coming up, you, you, you really cling to those. Sure. So, um, we, she got passed at the comedy store. Yeah. And then maybe like a year later I did. And, um, but she would like be like very like coachy to me, but I wanted it. It wasn't yeah. like she was, you know, and, um, and so she was like, I wrote this script. I'm going to try and pitch this show. I wrote it with you in mind to play my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, cool. I, I wonder who's going to end up playing it. You yeah. know, like, because that you hear that fucking every other day in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. As a young actor. So, so, uh, she was, uh, she, she, she was like, I, I sold it. And I was like, whoa, yeah. that's fucking awesome Yeah, to NBC. Oh, great. She was like, I, I want you to play the boyfriend. And I was like, cool. I mean, I've heard that so much, yeah. so whatever. I, I'm, yeah. I'm jaded at this point. It's like I grew up in the business. I know how it goes, you right. know? So um, she's like, hey, uh, we want you to come in and read for it. And I was like, cool. I went in and I read for it um, with her and the producer of the show. Yeah. And sh- I left and Whitney called me. She's like, hey, we're going to test you for it. Like, you're great. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm not going to get this fucking part right. because it, but you know why? Because it, it was written for me. Right. That's why. Yeah. And there's a million actors. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it's just not how it works. Yeah. And so uh, I tested for it and I had really long hair and a beard. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not cutting it yeah. for the test. Yeah. They're going to fucking, who gives a shit? They're going to be like, he's too hairy. Right. And who cares? Yeah. I went in and. Um, so I get some part of you really just is insecure and like, fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're like, you almost didn't want the part. And at this point, yeah. And at this point, well, I mean, a part of me was like, at this point, I was like, whatever, I can do stand-up. Yeah. You know, and, um, but deeply wanting the part. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just like, would probably kill small animals for this part. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I, I auditioned for it and, and I, and I got it and, and. Yeah, it was shaved. Uh, yeah, and I cut my hair yeah. for the part, yeah. and, uh, and I, I trimmed my beard. Yeah, and it was funny too, actually, because I was like, "Oh, they're gonna make me fucking go short," and everyone on TV has it. And they were like, oh, let, "Let them keep a little beard." And I was like, "Oh, cool. Maybe like, maybe like they think that's my style. Yeah. Like, maybe they they know me a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> so I got it, and it got picked up, and we got a first season, and. It felt like we were all we were holding on the yeah. whole first season, just yeah. trying to figure out the show. And, yeah, and then we got a second season, and we were like, "Fuck, oh, cool, man!" And then, uh, and then it got canceled, and then I, I got this other gig, Undateable. How'd that come about? Undateable? Bill Lawrence, a fan? Uh, yeah, it was actually funny because I was on Whitney for yeah. the second season, and you know how they don't decide to pick up the shows for yeah. a while until they do. It's a nightmare, and. Bill Lawrence cast Brent Morin, who mm-hmm. you you know Brent. Yeah, he's a comedian, funny, and he um, is a buddy of mine. I've known him for years and years and years. Like I've known him for when he first started. When we first started stand up, we kind of started at the same time, but he was nineteen. Yeah. So, so uh, Brent, so Brent would uh, Brent had that part. He had like the the co lead of the yeah. Undateable, and Bill was like, I I you know he said something like, "You're friends with Chris D'Elia." I want him to be the other guy. And um, Brent's like, that's great. He's on Whitney for NBC and Undateable is for NBC. Like, you can't even have him in second position because if they say, the whole thing was, 
if the head of NBC said, yeah, shoot that pilot with Chris, then he's kind of saying, who gives a fuck about Whitney in a way? Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what? Otherwise, if they pick up both shows, they got to reshoot Undateable. Yeah. But um, I, uh, Bill has got some, you know, clout. So he was like, I don't care if you pick up Whitney, great. I still want to shoot the pilot with Chris. Yeah. So I shot the pilot and Whitney got canceled. And Whitney was like, I called Whitney. I remember I called her and I was like, hey, um, I, they offered me this role on Undateable and I I don't want to take it. Obviously, be in second position, but I don't want to take it unless it's okay with you. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, go for it, of course. What network is it for? And I was like, NBC. And she was like, oh, uh, okay, well, yeah, fuck it. I mean, you got to, you got to, you got to work. So, but that was a sign to her that it must have been, yeah, the writing was I, on the wall. I get, I, I, you know, I guess looking at it just, yeah, that's what it was. But it, it certainly, the head of NBC was like, Bill Lawrence, I'm not deciding to cancel Whitney. If you want to shoot the fucking pilot, go ahead. It, it felt like that. So Bill was throwing, rolling it the dice. It felt like Bill was rolling the dice. Right. Um, but So I don't really know the real reason of why. What, but, what. And how's the show doing? Undata was doing well. We're going into the second season. I think creatively the show is, NBC really likes the show. And it's, um, the people who watched it, it feels like they really like it. So that's great. You know, that's yeah. not always the case. And how's your dad feel about your success? <laughs> I, I... He's the most sentimental guy in the world, so it's it's um it's it's almost it's almost emotional to watch him be emotional about it. You know, he posted a thing the other day because you know I I played town hall and the the other day and at the New York Comedy yeah. Festival and he put this post on Facebook. My 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 grandfather, Bam, uh, Grandpa Bam. He, he you know he passed away, but he used to sell newspapers like right near town hall, uh-huh. and uh, that's like just emotion overload for my dad it's like i mean my man my dad used to sell papers here and and make people laugh you know people would drive up politic from politicians to 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 garbage workers and and they would come up and my my and my dad would sell them papers and now you're here and you're and you sold out town hall and it man now that i say it out loud now it's just really sweet and it's just it's just very cool that that my dad feels that way about that, you know? Well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. It was good talking to you, man. Yeah, it was good, man. I feel I, like we got to know each other. Yeah, I do too, man. Right. I, I, you know, I've spent, I've spent enough time with you, but it's, it's nice to have this conversation with you. All right, thanks for doing yeah. it. That's it. That's our show. That was Chris D'Elia. This is me. I'm back. I enjoy talking to Chris. I enjoy the comedy store. That's where we work. Comedy store, between me and you, is really the last of the... In L.A., it's the only real comedy club. It just is. It's like, it it is exactly how it was, give or take a few repairs and weird impulsive additions, but the structure's the same, the tone of the room is the same as it was in the early 70s when Mitzi Shore took it over. It It is a very cool place to go again. I'm very thrilled about that. The crowds have been great. They're selling out again. And it's really the only... It's really the only real comedy club in Los Angeles right now. The Ice House, too, uh, is actually a, a great old room. Um, though, but like, I go to the comedy store because 
it's 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 a comics comedy club. You know when some people say, you know, you're a comics comic or whatever? The comedy store is actually a comics comedy club, and it's its own world. And I'm glad people are starting to appreciate the weird, creepy history and darkness, and those rooms are just magic some nights, and other nights they're just fucking evil. But uh, it's pretty amazing to see the life coming back into that place. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. I, d- I just want to make sure everybody knows that if you come to Los Angeles, go to the comedy store. Because that's the real shit there. All right? That's what I'm saying. Uh, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. And uh, you know, get on that mailing list if you want to hear from me every week. And get some uh, merch if you want. New posters are coming. Check the dates. Check the dates. WTFPod.com slash calendar. Get some just coffee if you want. Oh, blah, blah. I don't know, man. For years, my relationship with the comedy store was so weird and so tenuous and so frightening. It was really like, a, like I said that before, though. It's like, you know, going to talk with your abuser every time it went to work there. Just there was something that just blew my mind about that place. But it's really fascinating. It's cool again. And I, you know, it's amazing to see some place like that that's gone through so many different weird periods. You know, in the 70s, early 70s, Richard Pryor turned that place inside out, made it just to, like, pack it out. Then there was the Kennison years and the Dice years and then Robin and Roseanne and Jim Carrey were there the years. And, and then there was the weird years, some years where it was just, like, dangerous even, then kind of like wandered, didn't know if it was going to survive, and, and now it's just like thriving. It's such a trip, man. I was a doorman at that place when I was 22. Feel so connected to it. It's just so good to feel it being alive. I'm rambling about the fucking comedy store. Jesus. Boomer lives.